Welcome to the Shock Your Potential podcast with your host, Michael Sherlock. We all have potential, but sometimes we need inspiration to get us to our peak performance. Whether you are starting out in your career, ready to move up the corporate ladder, or taking the leap into entrepreneurship, Michael's guests provide powerful tools and resources to shock your potential. Shock Your Potential is a global professional development training company committed to your unique journey. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com and download our free Shock Your Potential app today. Listen in to today's expert. Thank you for joining us on another episode of Shock Your Potential, where all month long we are trying to figure out how do we start this new year off the best way possible, but also make sure that we are keeping flexible, understanding that anything can and sometimes will happen. And I, of course, am your host, Michael Sherlock, and my guest today, I cannot wait to pick his brain because when I tell you a little bit about him, you're going to say, I want to know more. So first of all, Doug Brown started working in his family business. I don't know if we need to call uh, you know child labor laws on this, but when he was three years old, so we'll have to find out more about that. And since then, he's helped build over 30 five companies. Now, this is also fun. During college, he supported himself by selling music equipment to some of the world's most famous bands. A few people you might have heard of, you know, little people like Aerosmith, Boston, Billy Joel, the Eagles, Eagles, a few more, you know. He's also served 12 years and seven days. I'm not sure about the number on that. Uh, with the U.S. Army and was awarded the battalion's most distinguished soldier award, which is phenomenal. He's a top-selling. He was a top-selling sales rep for a two billion dollar company, and he's been an independent pre president of sales for the training companies of some, I guess, kind of uh, you know family famous names like uh, I don't know Tony Robbins, Chet Holmes, and Russ Whitney, uh, which are all amazing powerhouses. And in that time, he generated over 500 million in sales. So not too shabby. I think he knows a few things. He currently um, works with companies that are 5 million and up who are trying to expand and optimize as well as working with other B2B consultants and business coaches. So the last thing I'll hit on the list is he's an international best-selling author of his book, Win-Win Selling, Unlocking Your Power of profitability by resolving what we always talk about is objections. So thank you, Doug, for joining us today. Thank you, Michael, for having me on. You, you're making me sound a lot more important than my, my children would say I am. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And I, it's so funny whenever anybody, if I'm speaking and I know you feel the same way, you're up on a stage and they're doing the intro and you're like, oh God, that intro goes on forever. But I had so many fun things about your background. Usually I just give little pieces and I thought I got to hit all these. I think I still left some things out. You are pretty amazing, but that obviously hits the highlight reel. Tell us a little bit more about you specifically, your business and how you help people to shock their potential. Well, the the about me, I did start working when I was three years old. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what you were doing at three, so I better find out. I was sweeping floors full time Aww. for 25 mm. cents a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, what kind of business was this? My father had a company where they repaired electronic uh, electric machinery. So motors, machinery, industrial equipment. Um, and it was a family business. Uh, mm -hmm. My my dad, my grandfather, my grandmother did the books. Um, mm -hmm. 
and all my brothers worked there. Uh, it was a family family affair. The only one who didn't work there was my mother. She was a nurse. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, all the friends in the neighborhood. I mean, it was just one of those type of businesses. So, um, but I did make, a you know, 25 cents a week. And I was the most <laughs> important kid at uh, Candy Day at the end of the week because I had the, the oh. cash, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so it was fun. But I learned a lot in that business. And I, I worked for my dad all the way through till I went into the military when I was just about 19 years old. And, uh, you know, so I used to get out of school at uh, 11 o'clock in the morning and go to work. And mm. so I'd work there and then I'd come home, do my homework. And, you know, that was kind of my life. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, from that, I learned how to build a business on your back because that's what mm-hmm. my dad did. And I learned a lot of things that I probably shouldn't have had that I had to undo as I went along. But, you know, I mean, to to, to, <laughs> to his credit, I mean, you know, he's, he was in business for almost uh, 19 years uh, and then mm-hmm. decided to shut it up. And, you know, not a lot of businesses make it that way. I mean, he supported multiple families uh, because mm-hmm. my family and then, you know, neighborhood families and things like that. So it was to me, it was a success. Uh, and. From there, I, you know, I moved on to different things. I was that typical entrepreneurial kid who tried pretty much everything, uh-huh. <laughs> right? right? I, did, I didn't even know what an entrepreneur was, but I did. <laughs> but I was it. <laughs> but I was, right? So, I mean, I, I get the opportunity to recognize that within other people now because mm-hmm. they think they're a little crazy or people think they're nuts, you know, but mm-hmm. the reality is they're an entrepreneur. So um, my business today is working with companies on revenue growth. So some people call me, you know, uh, a revenue growth expert. Um, and I just thought it was natural, right? The things that we do. So you optimize and evaluate and look at things that are working or not working, not working optimally um, or not there that need to be installed and magically the companies grow. So whether it's mm-hmm. with, with a coach or consulting business or a $150 million company. It still works very much the same. Um, how do I, now, now, you asked me one question, which was about how do I shock people into their potential? Yeah. <laughs> um, brutal, candid truth. Mm, very good. <laughs> I think... Um, and so let's talk more about that because I think that's so important um, that you have, I always talk at, you know, about having an accountability partner, that that truth speaker, that person who will tell you things that you need to hear that maybe you don't want to hear, but you know, you need to hear. And, you know, so, you know, in, in my world of shock your potential, which is our, you know, my business platform and what I do and how I operate is that sometimes you need that other person to kick you in the pants or to give you that jolt or to, you know, to, to make you stop long enough to say, wait, I have to take a look at this right here, right now. And so when you're working with your clients, you know, and, and many people listening here are probably going to say, well, you know, I mean, if somebody's already doing 5 million in sales, what do they need support for? But there are, everybody at every level of business needs help and support. And it's interesting, you know, how there's certain things that happen to businesses when they are on the path to the first million. And then there's, but what works on the path to first million doesn't necessarily get you to 5 million. And where you are at 5 million doesn't necessarily get you to where you need to be at 20 million. So, you know, what, what does that brutal candid truth look like with, with you and your clients? 
Well, I mean, it's so you're absolutely right. I mean, if you keep doing what you're doing today that got you where you are and you keep doing that same thing, you're going to likely stay in that space. Mm -hmm. um, yes. And so, you know, I call it the truth mirror, right? And um, I, I got this from a friend of mine. She used to call me Dougie Fresh. Um, <laughs> which was her, was her nickname for me. She's, she's adorable and she's, um, great. Uh, her name's Mashana and Mashana was saying to me one day, you know, I, you know, I think, uh, I want to lose a little weight, but I'll just wear some slim black clothing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we we, we have done that. Yeah, me, me too. <laughs> and, you know, we had enough of a relationship so I could be very candid with her. And I said to her, I said, you know, that's not going to work when you get undressed in front of the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> she looked at me and she says, that's good. You got to keep using that, right? Because <laughs> so I look at it that way when, when we all look, all size businesses, I mean, I've worked with big companies, you know, Intuit, for example, you know, they were losing money on their check division, they writing, you know, people buying checks and we were able to turn them around. And, you know, it wasn't, it was one or two things, right. That turned mm -hmm. that around for them. Um, you know, so big companies like Procter and Gamble, Enterprise Rent-A-Car, any of those, they all hire consultants because they get a truth mirror mm -hmm. from the outside, yes. you know, I mean, when we're inside, let's say, uh, you know, the, 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 the car, our, our vehicles, and we're driving down the road, uh, you know, and somebody comes up and they're pointing at our car going, hey, hey, hey. And we roll down the window and they go, hey, you got a, a flat tire almost on the back of your car. You know, you yeah. can't see that. It's, you know, because you're inside the car. So, yeah. so all companies, you know, I mean, I, I like to do assessments on companies. Um, sometimes companies are reluctant to do that because they just want to grow their revenue. But the reality mm -hmm. is if you grow your revenue and there are things that are going to, let's just say a shaky bridge um, yeah. and, and you're not aware of that and you add more vehicles onto that bridge, that bridge is apt to let go at some place and, you know, on the bridge. So I like to do a clear assessment. And I think this is great for anybody, no matter what size business you're at, you can literally assess where you are. Mm -hmm. And then from there, it's about getting honest. Um, and sometimes it's just honesty about the person, right? The, the person is actually, you know, business is very easy when you remove people. That's what I've done. <laughs> it's so true. If it wasn't for people, we could get so much more done. <laughs> I know they have all these emotions and needs and wants and all kinds of stuff. Uh, right. So when we remove that component of it, uh, you know, and I, a lot of times when I'm working with um, people who are just in denial about being honest, I, I say, you know, take a, uh, take a business card, right? And just on the back of the business card, every time you tell a something that's not true, it could be a little mm -hmm. tiny non-truth or a big, you know, hey, I was, I missed the meeting because of traffic, but the reality is, you know, you slept in three hours, <laughs> right? That type of thing. <laughs> so <Right, exactly. laughs> um, I tell them, you know, take a pen strike the back of the card. You know, mm -hmm. when you get to four and then your fifth one, put a line through it. Right. And I would challenge everybody who's listening to this to actually do that exercise because it, it, there's not been one person that's done that exercise that doesn't come back and has said to me, my gosh, I learned a lot. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, I had one guy, he was a salesperson and he came back with 256 strikes in one week on his card. Wow. Wow. And what honesty for himself. I mean, that's just the fact that he actually did it and followed through that way. That's really impressive. And that had to be hard for him. That's exactly what he said to me. He goes, this was the hardest thing I think I've ever done because it made me look at, you know, how much I'm fabricating the truth. And so Mm -hmm. I said to him, I said, if you're doing that with yourself and your family, what are you doing with your clients? Right. Right. And so here's the, here's the crazy part, that one little exercise. And then we worked together for, for a while uh, on his, I'll call them emotional blocks, right? Mm -hmm. He went from $140,000 a year in sales within 12 months to $2.1 million in net commissions. Wow. Holy buckets. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so the reality, and he's made a million dollars. I mean, I, we talk every once in a while, but he's made a million dollars a year, every year after that in net commissions. And, and the reality mm-hmm. is that when you get very truthful in the assessment of your business, mm-hmm. you now become objective versus subjective about what needs to happen. Yes. Yes. Yeah, because you can't you can't deny it when you're looking at it anymore. And I know it's interesting you say that because um, uh, I just actually uh, was uh, interviewed for a, um, a media outlet, and the question was, when are you? When is over positivity a detriment? And I thought it was really it was such a great question. I really pondered it because I said, you know, here's the thing, and I and I gave my whole example. I said, you know, so for instance, you know, like I I've been that this positive person my entire life to the annoyance of other people at times. They're like, (laughs) you know, do you only have rose colored glasses on? I'm like, no, but I only like to look at those. I mean, I see the other things too, but, um, but it was interesting because with my, with my business prior to COVID uh, 95% of my business income came from me getting on an airplane, going Mm -hmm. to speak or train. And I knew that wasn't the right thing. I knew that wasn't where I needed to be, but when you're flush in those moments, you don't work on the other parts of that bridge. I love your bridge analogy. You're like, you know what? It's it's good. You know, the bridge is maybe a little shaky, but it's not breaking. There's nothing that I can see that's breaking. And I'm the only thing going over the bridge. And when, you know, and I knew there's things I wanted to do. I wanted to do an app. I wanted to do some different things with the podcast. I had all these other things that I wanted to do, but where my focus was, was where there was energy. And so when the when the bridge fell down, and you can't drive over it anymore, you know, then the question is, okay, you got to rebuild the bridge. How are you going to rebuild it? And what are you going to do differently knowing and being, and you know, I mean, all that time I was being honest in my head, but I wasn't being honest with what I was doing. I knew, I knew the reality, but I wasn't doing it. And um, as I shared that story, gosh, I think I shared that story in like May of last year. And I had so many people come to me and say, I can't believe you shared that on LinkedIn. Yet it is one of my blog um, articles. Like, I can't believe you shared that about your business. You just told the whole world your business fell out from underneath you. And I said, well, there's no better way to face the truth than put it (laughs) out on LinkedIn to your 18,000 followers. (laughs) (laughs) And then I had to face it and do something about it. It's been a slow rebuilding, but it's definitely going to be a different business you know, every year going forward because of, you know, that roadblock, that roadblock, that, that bridge that completely destroyed. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and see, here's the thing. Firstly, I applaud you because you have the courage to face the truth, right? I mean, 
And we all have that inner voice inside of us that says, you know, geez, don't go down that path. And, you know, Mm -hmm. but the money's there and we go, right? (laughs) You know, or, you know, there's been times in my life where it's like, nah, she's probably not the right girl for you to ask out. But, you know, (laughs) I did it anyways. And it blew up in my face later on, right? So, (laughs) but I, I haven't worked with an entrepreneur. I don't know. One that is seasoned, anyways, who hasn't had a failure, if you will, that yeah. what some people would call a failure. I don't call them failures. I mean, they're like you said, you were going on a path, everything was going fine, then something changed, right? Yeah. And so, you know, kaboom. Um, I've had that happen to me, you know, several times. I mean, in the you know, in the in the thirty five plus companies, not every one of them worked out. Right. Exactly. Right. And it, and it's awful when you lose, you know, uh, 600 grand in a, in a year. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. happened to one of them for me. So, but it's not about the mistakes and it's not about losing. It's about how you recover and how quickly do you recover? Yeah. And yeah. you know, the fact that you're brutally honest means you're going to recover very quickly um, because you're, you're asking the right questions the the challenge with what happens you know and when you're focused on the positivity like that you're focused on solutions mm-hmm. and most people ask questions around the problem oh why yeah. did this happen what's that you know and and you know i learned this from tony robbins i mean tony does a segment you know that says the quality of the questions or the quality of your life yep absolutely uh, and you know the reality is he's he's right so if you focus on the okay how do I, even if I don't know how, how do I, what could be some possibilities? And we focus on the positivity side of that. You're focused on the solution. We will never solve problems by focusing on the problem. We have right. to remove the cause that's causing the problem. And the only way to remove the cause is to focus on the solution to find what the cause is. Right. Uh, so I applaud you. It's uh you know, and I've had this happen to me and, you know, several times in my life, but it's the recovery time, right? And the, and the more you, you recover faster, the, you know, the more your confidence goes up and the more you learn how to recover faster. And yes. yeah, I mean, you know, we can take anybody that, I mean, uh, Jeff Bezos, I mean, <laughs> you know, love him, Gosh, love yeah. him. <laughs> what was that? Oh yeah. I mean, think about the fact that he went into, you know, Amazon knowing that they were going to lose money for a long time. Right. And, and accepting that, I mean, that, that whole thought process to me is terrifying. And yet most businesses, you know, takes a couple of years before they're profitable anyway. So you have to not look at it as losing money, but what are you investing and are you investing it the right way to build something that is truly going to be extraordinary? Yeah. The, the long game play, uh, on the vision is, is very important. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're doing marketing, uh, or prospecting, you know, you want short-term thought mm-hmm. and short-term returns because, and then you could put a long-term in. One of the mistakes I see companies make all the time is that, oh, we got this long-term initiative, so let's work on this long-term initiative, but we'll forget about the short-term. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then, you know, when yeah. salespeople do that, I mean, they don't sell anything for a long time and there's still expense going out. So <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, you have to have that variety. Um, And I think it's um, what's really interesting to me today. I talk about this often because I have a lot of people who do a lot of business and individual consulting and coaching is that, you know, when kind of coaches kind of came on the scene 25 years ago, there wasn't 
you know, I remember the first person who told me, hey, I'm now a certified life coach. And I was like, and I love this woman. She was a very nice person, but there's no way that I would have paid her money <laughs> to coach me on my life and career. She just didn't have it there. And now I see so many people doing amazing things with really high level and, and, and minute coaching that, you know, I think we're all understanding that, um, in order to move forward in our businesses or our professional lives, you need, you need that truth mirror. You need somebody who's going to hold you accountable and you need somebody who's going to help you recognize that that back tire is flat when you can't tell yet because it hasn't, it's just low. It hasn't blown yet. And you know, the goal is what can we do before that tire blows so that we can not only keep going, but that you, you know, recognize what kind of maintenance it needs, or, you know, it's, it's a really great analogy of, of how working with somebody else will help you to see things that you don't see yourself. Without question, because I was just having this conversation with my daughter last night, she's, you know, 19 years old. Um, she's trying to figure out what she wants to do in her life and she's got to get it all done in the next three minutes. Right. She's, <laughs> she's <laughs> wow. I remember that time in life. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> That was, that was before I changed my major three times in college. <laughs> yeah, well, okay. well uh, now that we're revealing <laughs> truth, I mean, I spent 10 years in, in college. Uh, and mm -hmm. in my ninth year, I was walking across the courtyard talking to my brother on my cell phone that was costing me, I think, a dollar a minute at that moment. Um, <laughs> and, you know, he said to me, you know, I had like 200 and something credit hours amassed and I had no degree. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so... So my brother said to me, he says, hey, it's nice you're a, you know, a lifetime student here, but uh, what are you going to do with it? <laughs> and so I was like, oh, wow, what a great question, right? Because oh, yeah. I'm driving along that tire is, you know, I'm, deni I'm in denial at that point, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I had that, that conversation with her last night and I said to her, I said, you know, um, one of the things I think you ought to give consideration to in your life is that you don't have you know not to do everything by yourself and i said mm -hmm. we as human beings we're never built to have all the answers have all the solutions all by ourselves so i would highly recommend that you talk to other people and get their input from this i said because life is a team sport and if you need proof that yeah. you were never built that way it doesn't mean a negative but I mean, think about it. You know, when you were born, your mother and I had to literally take care of you for the first you know, four years of your life, right? Uh, you, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so you got a lot of input from us and family members and environment and everything. So for some reason, when you turn, you know, 17, 18 in that area in your life, you think that natural process doesn't apply anymore because you're supposed to have it all for yourself. Oh, yeah, you're supposed to have all the answers at 19. Yeah. And I, and I said to her, I said, at my age, I still don't have all the answers. And you've, you've been around a lot of people that have been very successful and you can see that they don't have all the answers. So, um, you know, so please embrace what I'm trying to tell you. Right. And she said, well, dad, thank you. And I think that's a good lesson for everybody in life. I do too. And, and I think, you know, even people that, that believe that, you know, self-made millionaires, you know, or overnight successes, they think that those terms are accurate, but there's no self-made millionaire who did it all by themselves. And there's no overnight success. There might be overnight recognition, 
But, you know, the overnight success is just because the word got out. But they, you know, if they were a musician, they were playing in the lo lowest dive bars and they were, you know, playing for a cocktail in a, in a tip jar, you know. So, <laughs> so, there's a lot between that and being on a stage, you know, selling out to 100,000 fans. Yep. I mean, Boston wrote a song about that, right? Uh you know, they were yeah. just another band in Boston, right? <laughs> and some guy walks up with a big cigar and says, hey, guys, I think you're really great. And then they start promoting them. And bam, you know, they have the number one selling yeah. album back then, right? I mean, and, and that's what, you know, propelled them to to their level. I mean, you can take, you know, because I have experience talking with these musicians. And, you know, most of them, I mean, I remember the conversation that, you know, Kansas, right? Kansas was saying, you know, when we make it to the top, and this is an important thing for entrepreneurs, long-term vision, right? When we make mm -hmm. it to the top, we're not going to treat the bands that come on that support us in the front end, you know, in a negative way, because a lot of people treat those bands that negative. There's a lot of slugfesting to get your way up in the, uh, in the music industry. Um, and so you're absolutely accurate uh, on, on yeah. your assessment. I, so, you know, and then looking long-term makes sense, right? And that's what I was trying to teach my daughter last night. It was like, okay, look, you're 19, you will be 29, you will be 39. You know, what, <laughs> what makes you, you know, which is crazy because then I'll be really old, right? <laughs> so, you know, what makes you happy? Like focus on right. what makes you happy. And in business, I don't think enough people focus on, what makes them happy every day yeah. Um, versus, you know, focusing on objectives. So you cannot, I, what I found, no matter what size company, I mean, we're not selling to corporations or people in division. We're selling to people, right? Right. So it, Absolutely. People, not titles, not, you know, thoughts of, oh, well, this is a CEO and they have no fear because they're running this, you know, <laughs> two five billion dollar company they had they have fears just like we do oh yeah they have sleepless nights <laughs> <laughs> absolutely <laughs> exactly the more and the more people you employ the more sleepless nights you get that is for one thing definitely we hope that you are enjoying this episode of shock your potential we're going to take a moment now to hear from our sponsor have you ever considered hiring a virtual assistant but didn't know where to start let Kukua Biz help. Kukua Biz matches talented professionals from Kenya with small businesses around the globe. Affordable weekly rates allow you to have a dedicated full-time staff member to help you with anything from administrative tasks, social media management, public relations, and more. Go to kukuabiz.com today for more information or email info at kukuabiz.com. Kukua Biz. That's K-U-K-U-A-B-I-Z dot com. Well, and I, Doug, I love your concept too of, you know, kind of long-term, uh, you know, perspective as well as, you know, maintaining what you need to in the short term. And I think that's a really good tie-in to, you know, my theme for this month is, you know, everybody starts out a new year with plans and hopes. And we all did that last year and things got pulled out from underneath us. And so, you know, at least for me, I know that there was that, that time where I wasn't looking longer enough. Um, but I don't know what, you know, what, what's your advice for people to remain flexible in this year and beyond so that, okay, we've got great plans, but things may happen. How do we, how do we adapt the best so that we keep going no matter what's thrown at us? 
so in the terms of business, um, prospecting, right? So the, mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell a lot of people this and they, they, they look at me kind of funny at first, but I, you know, I always say, look, the master prospector will always outsell the master closer. Oh, that's good. Uh, I've never seen it. I'm writing ever. that down. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, but you know, I mean, so what I teach people, especially in sales, right? So coaches, consultants, people selling, CEOs are selling, whatever it might be, right? Um, you want to have an overabundance of or a multitude of leads that you're mm-hmm. constantly going after. Why? It puts us in an abundance mindset. Yes. We we don't take that client. I do not believe there is anything such as, oh, I took a bad client. Hmm. I believe concretely that, no, you made a bad decision to take on a good client that wasn't right for you. Ah, good. Good. Right? I like the spin. And therefore, now it's a bad situation because... Hmm. You reached, right? You, and 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 you're reaching because maybe you didn't have enough other, you know, alternatives within your pool. To yeah. and so people do that. You know, they need the money, they take the job, then they get in, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this is you know crazy." Now that happens yep. on you know super high levels with companies. You know, whether they're taking on you know a five hundred million dollar construction project, and then they're like, "Oh, I wish I never did this." Yes. Um, or, or, you know, you're taking on a, a life's coaching, uh, you know, with somebody that you, you just knew, like you, you said earlier, Michael, uh, you know, that inner feeling, you know, you just shouldn't have been doing it. Right. Mm-hmm. So I believe, and I've seen this happen over the years because this is not the first time our economy has been rocked. It's not the first time we faced, you know, scary, uh, things like COVID-19. I mean, we've had AIDS, SARS, MERS, 9-11, yep. Banking yeah. crashes, real estate crash. I mean, you know, the list goes on, right? Uh, yep. You know, I went through a divorce, just you know, mm-hmm. um, which wiped out a lot of my, uh, you know, cash, right? And then I mm-hmm. had to rebuild from there. So, what I have always found, and now more important than ever for people, put the pedal down, start Excellent. generating leads, and get yourself six to eight ways over the next twelve months. New ways, not the old ways, unless you want to revive them. Um, <laughs> and in order to have a a multitude of incoming business into your life, mm-hmm. and pandemic or no pandemic, you will make it through. And here's the the wonderful mm-hmm. fun part: anytime there's ever been, I remember when nine eleven happened. Uh, I was working for that that two billion dollar company. It was a telecommunications company and uh, we, in the World Trade Center, a lot of telecommunications companies were um, housed in that bu- yeah. in the buildings, right? Yeah. <clears throat> so just like Zoom uh, now, who's, you know, mm. thriving. Yes. When those buildings came down, we actually had facilities near, near those buildings. Um, but a lot of the major carriers now wanted to carry their traffic over us. Because we were constantly prospecting and constantly doing this, we had our choice of who to take, who not to take, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, And the the reality is that when this pandemic clears, when the economy and everything sort of starts stabilizing, what's happening right now is most of you, the competitors that we all have, 
are pulling back right now. They're kind of sitting and they're saying, oh, you know what? I'm going to sit mm -hmm. on this cash or I'm going to you know, hold my budgets or whatever is going to happen. But you want to stay top of mind through this whole process because when it changes, guess who they're going to call? Right. Yeah, exactly. That's it's Yeah, it's really smart. I agree. I agree. And as you were talking to, I was thinking about how um, a couple months ago, I had an opportunity to do a very large training contract and it was significant cash, um, very workable within, you know, what I do. Um, but it would have taken all my focus in one direction again. Mm -hmm. And it would have taken all my focus for the next nine months, if not longer. And I said to myself, I have to say no to the cash, even though the cash is really appealing because then all I'm doing is repeating where I was last. And if that one client tanks, because, you know, at least to get things going for a really long multi-year contract, you've got to be invested in it. And, uh, and I said, no, and I walked away <laughs> and then I about had a heart attack, <laughs> <laughs> but I know it was the right move, but man, was it a hard decision and luck. And, you know, I mean, to your point, I've had enough other contacts that things are coming back nicely, but it was really hard not to, uh, to reach out for something that seems like a quick fix, but that will maybe only give you other headaches later. Someone once taught me when you have your glass so full of liquid. Yeah. And that liquid is consuming everything and you, you know, you, you, you have bad water or whatever in the glass. <laughs> if you try to pour more good stuff in, it's just going to spill out all over the sides. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So any business, unless you're just starting out and you have <laughs> and one, you everything, <laughs> right, right. I mean, in that case, you're just starting out. It's okay to have one client because that's your mm -hmm. first client. But in your position, like you were just saying, I mean, if you, if you have that one client and it's consuming all of your time, you have so much water or liquid in the glass, you won't mm -hmm. have time to pour some other good stuff in. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that takes ultimate courage to do what you've done. <laughs> It just did. Uh, so. I'm pretty sure I was crazy. And my husband's like, okay, I, I agree with you. I, we're going to get through it. <laughs> a, 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 a crazy, I call him crazy because he's, he's funny, but he's, he's off the wall. You know, once said to me about the subject, he said, you know, a one-legged pony's not going to likely win the race. That's a good statement. <laughs> I'm like, what planet did you come from when you come up with the, because he comes up with these things all the time. Right. So, um, but you know, I mean, it, it is, I mean, if you think about it, you know, you're not going to win the, you know, the Kentucky Derby usually with one leg and, you know, as a pony, right. Or a horse. So, so, and uh, for all of you, animal <laughs> for all of you animal lovers out there, I didn't say this originally. So. <laughs> So, uh, and I love animals. So let's go on the oh. record. Oh my goodness. And people are, well, you know, I mean, give them a chance. They can run. Uh, Doug, I think it's fabulous. I know we're near the end of our time. Um, and there's going to be lots of people who want to contact you. We'll have all of your contact information in the show notes, but just in case somebody wants to look you up right now, because they cannot wait to start working with you. What's the best way for them to find you? Uh, they can either just directly, uh, if they want to know more about me, they can, you know, go to businesssuccessfactors.com, which is the website. Um, I just heard my Boston accent in there on Factus. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so businesssuccessfactors.com. Uh, you can send me an email directly at doug at 
businesssuccessfactors.com. You can call me at 603-595-0303. My LinkedIn profile is Doug Brown, one, two, three, four. And, um, you know, give me, give me a call. I'm accessible, you know, and uh, I love to talk to people as you probably can tell. Um, (laughs) I don't know. You're very shy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's my, my mother, while I was growing up (laughs) said to me, she said, Doug, you know, when you get a little older, I'm going to send you to Hollywood so I can retire. And (laughs) I I didn't take it as a compliment when I was four, but (laughs) now I look back on it and I go, geez, I probably should have gone to Hollywood. Maybe I could have. (laughs) The only advice I have is that you should have asked to go up to 35 cents a week for your, uh, you know, since you were four, you were one year into the business. (laughs) You know, I I wish I had had you as my agent back then when I was three. Exactly. I love it. Well, before we go, do you have any last words of wisdom or pearls of advice for my listeners and viewers? Uh, I would, yes. Uh, you know, be good to yourself. Don't beat up on yourself. Like, you know, there's, there's no sense in, you know, if things aren't working out, firstly, look at assess, right? Get truthful. Is it you? Is it someone else, right? Because a lot of times we like to, just as human beings, you know, judge, point, blame, say, oh, no, it's because of this or because of that. And the reality is it's because we made that decision. Like in your case, Mm -hmm. if you took that one client and you had no room to breathe, again, you know, it's not that it's a bad client, it's a bad decision. So we, you know, so whether it's on the business or personal in your life, you know, don't beat yourself up and don't beat other people up. I'm trying to remember the author. His last name is Ruiz. I think it's Louis uh, Ruiz. He wrote a book called The Five Agreements and he wrote one called The Four Agreements. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love, yes. It's an awesome book. I recommend it to everybody. And I recommend Win-Win Selling, Unlocking Your Profitability. Very good. By by, by Doug Brown. Um, But I... (laughs) I <laughs> shameless promotion, right? So that's okay. The, I don't care. That's that's what it's all about, man. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but in his book, he his first rule, uh, he took it from what he called the Toltec, which was an ancient civilization. Yep. The first yep. rule is be impeccable to your word, and yep. your that means your own word toward yourself, and that means your own words toward other people. Which means don't put people down. You know, don't put yourself down. And if you live by that rule, I, that one's hard, by the way. But if you live yeah. by that rule, you're naturally going to be, as you said, you're the person of positivity. You're, you're naturally going to be far more positive because you're focused on positivity. And when you have to explain to somebody, hey, this isn't the right way, you're not going in and beating up on them and you're not beating up on yourself. Because, right. um, you know, I, I I don't know if this is true or not, but I they said Webster's dictionary has like something like two thirds more negative words than positive words in the language or something like that. <clears throat> don't hold me to that statistic. But, you know, um, if that's true, then that explains oh. why people a lot of times are negative because they're conditioned from early on to 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 think and, and be that way. But if you if anyone cannot be that way and just try it for 30 days, I, I promise this is hard. It's hard. It's yeah. <laughs> But if you can do it for 30 days, yeah, I mean, because if you can do it for 30 or 60 days, you'll get into that habit of doing it more. And then what will happen is watch what happens to the relationships you have and the new relationships you get, because they will be far more fulfilling. Absolutely. I love it. And I, um, several years ago, I, I took all my 
not all, but the majority of my books, because I've always been a book person. I love the book, the actual book. And uh, when I moved to Philadelphia, I had to decide what's really going 3,000 miles across country. <laughs> so I let go a lot of my books, but The Four Agreements is one that I still have. And it's, uh, I like to refer to it here and here and there. And because it's, it's one of those things that the first time I read it, I was probably in my mid twenties and it really, it really gave me a different perspective in life. And I still value it today. I didn't know there was a five agreements one, so I'll have to go find that now. <laughs> <laughs> yep. In the, in the fifth, he gives you the fifth agreement that he, re, he revisits the four agreements in a different way than he does in the first book. And ah, good. Um, so yeah, good stuff. I love it. Doug, thank you so much for being my guest. It has just been uh, great information and I'm so glad that we are connected. Yes, I am too, Michael. Thank you for having me on. And uh, I really appreciate your style. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm very pleased then. <laughs> you are welcome. You earned it, but I mean, you're, you're welcome. <laughs> Good thing I'm still taping for that part. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on another episode of the Shock Your Potential podcast. Learn more about us today at shockyourpotential.com, including details on Michael's two best-selling books. Tell me more, how to ask the right questions and get the most out of your employees, and sales mixology, why the most potent sales and customer experiences follow a recipe for success. Make sure to check out our Shock Your Potential app, on-demand professional training resources to help you excel in your career. And as always, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and like us today.